0: Cliffcentral.com. This is Cliff Central. This is Beyond Ears and Eyes. I'm Shemaine Harris.
1: And I'm Liesl
0: Tom. With us in, on, uh, on Controls is Pali Samabuye. Welcome to another edition of Beyond Ears and Eyes. I'm looking forward to today um, because <laughs> it's been a bit of a, a battle but ah I think we're going to get some information out of it
1: isn't it It has been quite a battle so A friend of mine recently mentioned that she's so glad that the year of the monkey is going to be gone soon and Mm -hmm. we are going into a new year. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she said, no, you know, Chinese astrology. And I remembered, okay, vaguely, I've heard something about that. And then Shemaine and I set out to try and find a Chinese astrologer. Totally. Well, well, actually, I should say Shemaine did a bit more of the legwork than I did because she actually went and asked people. Yes, I, I walked all through
0: Chinatown. I mean, that's the, the, you know, in the Cyril Dean area, and I went to the Chinese uh, shops, um, you know, outside of there. Looking for someone who would know of someone. Who can do Chinese astrology and they, they were not impressed with me. They thought I was funny. And, and at one point I was like, is it, is it a joke? And then a young guy says, no, it's not a joke, but you know, w- w- we don't know of anyone outside of China, you know, um, who can, who can help you. Um, and then some people said, and it's only the old people who practice this art form. And I was like, okay. But I mean, it was quite interesting to, to see their reaction. Because they were like, what black girl in Africa, you're looking for Chinese (laughs) astrology (laughs) in Africa? But it was fun because I had some really interesting conversations with
1: people. Well, our search did not bring up a Chinese astrologer, but we came across astrologer extraordinaire Richard Fiddler, who can also tell us about Indian astrology. Hi there, Richard.
2: Hi there, <clears throat> Liesl. Uh, hi, Shemaine.
0: Hi, Richard. Good to meet you. Astrologer yeah, extraordinaire. Does that put you under pressure?
2: <laughs> yeah, just a little.
1: <laughs> okay. It wasn't me. It came off the Internet.
2: <laughs> so you're good. I uh, guess. But, you know, I actually had a radio show uh, uh, um, years ago on, on Tux FM, and actually that's where that that tagline came about. Uh, the DJ actually... Uh, I came up with that, and that's where the astrology extraordinaire.
0: <laughs> so, did you have your own? From. Did you have your own show where you where you did astrology, or or were you a student a still? Slot.
2: It was a weekly slot uh, on every Sunday evening. I had a slot with a certain um, uh, DJ, and we, we did the the interplanetary sixty nine.
0: Okay. Do you miss radio?
2: Well, I haven't thought of that. You know, it just came up spontaneously then, but uh, I guess here I am again. Yay!
1: Thank you <laughs> well, for joining we are, us. We are very happy to have you with us. Richard, can you shed any light on this quandary that Shemaine and I found ourselves in? Why does no one seem to be able to speak to us about Chinese astrology in South Africa?
2: Well, well you know, I'm not really surprised that that's the case. You know, astrology, at the best of times, is something that, uh, you know, one could struggle to find an expert on. But uh, but uh, Chinese astrology is particularly difficult uh, in that respect. And, and, and you know, it's exactly what I would have expected. One would struggle to find somebody really well-informed mm. and capable in, in that, um, outside of China. And fluent um, and in English. And fluent in English mm. would be another whole thing. Uh, it's, it's really, I think... the they're guarded as quite a you know precious secret, to, and and one would only learn it by going on apprenticeship with you know some some master or what have you, and and by comparison, astrology in the West is a lot more open, and you know you, you can if you if you really want to find out about it, um, there's lots of lots of information out there.
0: Sounds like when you do the sangoma thing, you know, in African tradition, you, not anyone is privy to the secrets and the know-how.
2: Absolutely, yes. And it's actually like that to a degree with all astrology, mm-hmm. although because even even, mention is out there. You know, it it remains a very obscure thing to to. All but those who really are determined to go and, you know, leave no stone unturned in their, in their right. search.
0: Richard, just give me a moment, please. We're having uh, slight problems with our connection. So um, if, we, if we do take a break, it's going to be because we want to try and get connected with you uh-huh. in a different way. So, and um, we would have to take your, your – we've got your details, so we might have to call you on your cell. Would that be convenient? Do you have uh, reception?
2: Uh, yes, I do. Maybe, maybe okay. my land.
0: Okay. Landline would be great, but we're not going to do it on
1: air. Um, yeah, I forgot to mention, sorry, <laughs> that Richard is in wilderness. Um, Jermaine, let's you and I see uh, what, what we can, uh, figure out while we get Richard on a landline. Yeah. So, so, so you're going to get
0: Richard's landline number. So Palisa is going to get Palisar. your landline number, um, Richard. Look, I, I, I really don't know what to say because this is such an, it's a very interesting topic. But at the same time, it is very uh, complicated, and uh, I'm not going to give myself out as, as a, a little bit of a Miss Toffee, because <laughs> 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 you know what, people will lick you, you know, and I don't mm. want to be licked, um, because I um, I don't know what I'm talking about, but... Yeah, so what would you like to say on the issue? Because, look, we're still going to talk to Richard about Indian um and astrology. I believe,
1: I, I believe he also mentioned when I spoke to him the first time there's also such a thing as Tibetan astrology. Now, I have to say, I am relatively comfortable with the, the concept of Western astrology. It's mm-hmm. something that, you know, we we almost grow up with every Sunday. You you might not read it. But, oh, that but, Mickey Mouse but, but thing. It's, it's in your awareness all the time. Yes, the but, Mickey Mouse But what has it done for you? Because it's made um, Western
0: astrology, um, especially the bit that you read in the paper, kind of um, watered down because it's it's so general. Okay, you're Capricorn and for every Capricorn, this is what's going to happen. I mean, it's it's such a farce. So I don't really pay much mind to it. So that's what it did. So people don't really take it seriously.
1: I agree with you to Mm. some extent. But I have found... Over the years, that it's helped me understand myself better, mm-hmm. knowing my ast- astrological chart and knowing where, where, which planet was. But and that it, wasn't the, the Sunday No, It's, times, not, but it's but not the, the Starrefur Spell. Yes. I think that's a, you know, no, predictions, but yeah. predictions in general. You know, Shemaine, we speak to a lot of people in this esoteric field, mm-hmm. and many of them make predictions you cannot. Always believe that. Yeah, and it's kind of like the
0: same as when you uh, somebody reads your cards or your I don't know whatever. You can change it. You decide. No, yes. I'm not going that way. So if somebody says to you, "Listen, you're going to lose your middle toe next week," you can actually be like, "Oh hell no, we need middle toe." So yeah, and we. But it's I think it's a sense of insecurity. So we need something to hold on to. We need someone to give us good news, and normally the news is good that you get. You know, you're going to be rich.
1: No, I I found quite the opposite. I mean, I don't read the the stars in the newspaper mm-hmm. um, often, but the few times I've I, I have looked at it out of curiosity, mm-hmm. the messages weren't positive. They were more warnings, and that, you know, whether whether the warning is sound or not, plays. if you pay attention to it, you you might prevent mm-hmm. something bad. You but know? that
0: plays on people's fears, and that is that is so unfair. To be playing uh, on people's fears. But anyway, um, Palisa, is Richard back? Way, that's awesome. Richard? Hi there. Hi. Oh, this is <laughs> much clearer. clearer. Yes. Yes, yes. It, it is much better. Thank you so much for being so patient okay, with us. So we've been waffling on. Uh, no problem.
1: You know, we know very little about <laughs> astrology. The only astrology that I am. Um, even remotely comfortable with is Western astrology because we kind of you know grew up with it. It's been in our frame of reference yes. since birth because we live in the West and you know newspapers. Right. But tell us, yes. you, you were saying about Chinese astrology. Why why you weren't surprised that it was so difficult?
2: Well, I think it's it's, it's um, partly due to the fact that Chinese culture as a well whole is something that's. Um, I guess, relatively alien to us, um, or at least it hasn't, we haven't maybe integrated culturally as much with, with Chinese, uh, you know, yeah. culture as much as with, by comparison, Indian or, or Greek or other European type culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they also
0: they also say that the Chinese are closed, not, you know,
2: for... Uh, for yes, exactly. It is. Yeah. Yes. It, it's that. It's that sort of privacy and guardedness.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: if you were, if you if you were uh, determined and you did want to study it, and then you went to China, I'm sure you would find find it. And um, in the course of studying uh, Indian astrology, which I've done, mm-hmm. I have encountered in, in some of the books I've been using that deal with uh, east you know eastern astrological systems in general. I have uh, read articles by Westerners who have actually. You know, gotten the real meaty stuff, so, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, you know, by going there and learning it there. So I have a sense of what it looks like when you do find the real thing. But I, I know that you just don't, you just don't find such people, um, you know, very easily here.
0: Mm-hmm. But this is not your speciality. What? Yours is more uh, Indian astrology. What, what is it? Is it Vedic or what do you call it? Yet
2: well. Okay. Jyotish. Um, uh, jyotish is, is, is pro- arguably the, the proper word for it. And the, the word uh, jyoti essentially means light. Okay. Huh? So, jyotish means signs of light. Okay. Okay, and that's, that's uh, I, I guess, a Sanskrit uh, word, a derived word. Um, when people talk about it as Vedic astrology, it's essentially re- referring to the fact that uh, the Vedas, you know, are, are, are these uh, sacred texts that okay. Hinduism is based on. So some people would also call it Hindu astrology, which would be the, the same thing. Okay. You know, so Indian astrology, Vedic astrology, Jyotish, it all basically refers to the astrology of India, okay. which is actually nearly identical to Western astrology, actually. And, and a, a lot of the core elements of Indian astrology um, come from the ancient Greek astrology, which really is the, let's call it the mother um mother system if you like, Ooh. you know, um, that modern Western <laughs> and Indian astrology have derived from
0: you, you you know how the Greeks got on about being the seat of civilization.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So Richard, well, it's the fact that the Greeks did uh, come up with a with, uh, lot of bright ideas, you know, and uh, the astrology is one of those things that they, that they refined.
1: Shermaine knew I was going to do this, and that's why she's laughing. The Greeks invented sex, <laughs> but the Romans introduced it to women.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say the, okay. the Romans introduced romance.
1: <laughs> Richard, um, in which way is Indian astrology Different to Western astrology.
2: Okay, um, yeah, that's an interesting question because uh, there's, there's differences on on more than one level. On the one hand, there's purely technical differences, and there, there are also differences in the way it's it's practiced. Uh, and you know, some of the technicalities would be a bit much to go into here because it'll it'll start sounding very Greek, I think. You know, <laughs> it, 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 all of the the, the technical. Uh, astronomy involved in, in, in terms of, uh, you know, that which distinguishes Western Vedic astrology. One of the most important things is the way they work out where the zodiac is located. Now, in Vedic astrology, uh, the, the visible constellations in the night sky are uh, very much what it uses to to sort of fix where the signs are located. In Western astrology, the sun's position at the equinoxes and solstices determines you know where the zodiac signs sit. Now the thing is um, that those two different ways of of, or those different markers you might use to locate the signs they're drifting apart very gradually and so about two thousand years ago there was actually no difference between the two ways of working it out and it's been moving gradually further and further apart so that now most people will find that in their Vedic astrology chart there'll be the sign previous to the one they are in Western astrology. So if you're if you're a Taurus in Western astrology you might well be in Aries in, in Hindu astrology. That's you know to put it simplistically.
1: So do Hindu astrology uh, or does yeah? Hindu astrology use the same signs, the same you know,
2: yes. Okay. Exactly. That's that's a key point to grasp. That's why I say it's essentially the same system, the same language. It has twelve signs of the zodiac. The first one is Aries, the Ram. The second one is the Bull. The third one is the Twins, and then it's the Crab, and then it's the Lion. Exactly the same. And uh, the same planets are said to rule over those uh, different signs. And and then you also have something called houses in, in astrology. Uh, it's also something that they have in common. But the, again, they use slightly different. Um, Astronomical criteria for measuring where these things sit now that can eventually become important because it can it can result in in, in the sort of final conclusions uh, that the two different systems come to being you know can be quite different as a result um, you know as i said somebody who might be, be viewed through the Western lens as a Taurus might become an Aries in, in the Hindu system, and that, that those are two very different character character portraits. If you like you know, yeah, one, I'm one, is one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to inter-
1: Richard. I'm sorry to interrupt you but I just want to get clarity. Do the signs also have? Do they retain their characteristics in in Yotish astrology?
2: So, yeah. Essentially, they do because, uh, you know, the, the, char- the characteristics of the signs of the zodiac are very much derived from such things as the planet that rules over that sign, you know, gives it many of its characteristics. Uh, you, you might be aware that the signs are divided into four elements, fire, earth, air, and water in, in Western astro- and Vedic astrology. And, you know, the the, the the signs in both systems are associated with the same element. And, you know, that, as I said, that, that has... Quite a lot to do with giving the sign its attributes so for example fire signs whichever way you look at it are more uh, you know open and expressive than than water signs for example but As I said, it's the same language the same language
0: okay there 's a system that you use though. do you use it the same in um, Yotish or Vedic, uh, where you go like because i 've seen that the different houses that you are um explaining goes with the the date with dates you know like say for instance, two and four or six eight but okay that 's t- totally wrong, but you know what i 'm saying uh no no run next time again <laughs> okay so um, some of these houses um in in the uh, the yeah. indian one um kind of has those descriptions of fire and earth and yeah. ca- uh, calmness or whatever you call it yeah, but yeah. but it goes with with uh, numbers instead of um, instead of i know it as per months you know, like, uh, yes. right. and yes. and and September, and I don't
2: know. Yes, well, well, there's, there's a difference between, um, zodiac signs, okay, okay? um, are they, which are me- measuring something quite different to what you call houses properly. Ah. The houses, we could say, uh, measure the space around the earth, okay, um, so it's very much about your local, um, experience in terms of where the place is where where you are located so the first house for example begins at the eastern horizon and the, so the first six houses are the the the, the space below the earth and the, the the second six houses are the space above the horizon to put it in a very simple nutshell the, the space <laughs> is around just the saying. earth <laughs> this, just this, it's a little technical of, <laughs> of this stuff um, the space around the earth is divided into 12 slices okay okay and, and um, those, are, those are the houses, and they have this, there's a sort of a correspondence between houses and signs, but they're not quite the same thing. You know, all the, all the planets are circling the sun on the same plane. That's an important thing to understand. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like one is going vertically across and the other horizontally. They're all almost like the rings of Saturn. All the planets are orbiting the sun on the same plane. Now, the zodiac... Whichever one you used, you know the Indian one or the Western one. The zodiac is essentially dividing that plane into twelve sections, okay. and that's why we we use that to to uh, point to or, or describe the position, the relative positions of planets on that plane. So, you know, when we say that Mars is in Sagittarius, it really means that. When we look from the Earth's perspective at where Mars is, behind Mars will be the constellation of Sagittarius. You know?
1: Richard, but um, this, 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 yes. this, um, thing you've said about the, the Indian astrology that it, it right. is the sign before your Western sign, that really mm-hmm. confuses me. Because, you know, I'm a Virgo and I would hate to think that, that, that in India I would be a, a Leo. Because Leo's egos okay. are, are, are a bit, you know, out there for me.
2: Right. Okay. And, and uh, what date were you born?
1: 21st of September. And I'm not saying the year on air. Come okay. On. okay.
2: <laughs> no, well, that, that's all right. <laughs> um, my, the reason I asked you that is because the, the last, let's call it six days or six degrees or so, okay, mm-hmm. of each sign, the same in both systems. So the fact that you were born right at the very end of Virgo Mm. actually means that you would be Virgo in both systems. Okay, so when I tell... There's a little area of overlap, and you're in that little overlap area where both systems view it through the same lens. Both systems would say you're Virgo. But if you were born earlier in September, if you were born like the 13th, 12th, before that, um, then you would be a Leo in the Vedic system. And if you... Check out some of the people you might know as Virgo, born around that time, you know, earlier in September. Many of them have, have, are very dignified, you know, and have a lot of uh, authority and a lot of strength of character. Similarly, uh, people you would know as Taurus in, in Western astrology. They become Aries in Vedic astrology, and you'll see those people are not like Taurians. Uh, they're not lethargic and, and sort of very fixed. They're very dynamic, very assertive. And it's a bit of an anomaly that people don't really know what to do with. But Vedic astrology helps to clarify why you find these dynamic people born early in May. And likewise, many people that are said to be Aries in Western astrology, you know, people born, let's say, early in April, end up becoming Pisces in in Vedic astrology. And you can see that many of them are a lot more sensitive and spiritual and so on than the, the usual descriptions of Aries. So, you know, the moment you actually start to investigate it, you'll see that there's a whole. New world of a uh, new way of viewing it out there then that often is a lot more accurate
0: can I ask you there's do you know of the school of thought that goes there's a a thirteenth sign <laughs> yes yes what should we make of that because we're all going between um, the twelve and then say, they say yes. but there's sign number thirteen that we don't recognize in the west
2: right. I think um, well the, the the short version would be you know just ignore that. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I said this because look, the, the, this idea that there are, there are thirteen signs is is not um, uh, it's not a, a traditional idea. It's not a well established idea. It's it's um, you know this uh, the idea that there are twelve signs of the zodiac. In both Western and Vedic astrology, goes back a very long way, and even Chinese astrology has twelve signs of the zodiac. Um, there, the, there is a certain constellation that slightly creeps into the uh, what you call the ecliptic, which is actually that band I was referring to earlier. You know, that plane mm-hmm. that we divides the, uh, the zodiac divides up into twelve sections. Mm-hmm. There is a certain constellation that sort of. Uh, uh, intrudes in, in, in one part of it. And then some people have taken this to, to indicate that it, it's, it must be a, a, you know, a, a 13th sign. But this is just, um, how can I put it, fake news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's not, there's no real tradition there, whereas the tradition of using 12 signs of the zodiac goes way back. And it's... It, um, you know, even the fact that we have 360 degrees in a circle is really based on the number of days in a year. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the, the, the 12 signs of the zodiac also divide comfortably into a 360-degree circle, mm-hmm. um, you know, of 30 degrees each, which is why we have these months of 30 days. You know, the very fact that we have 12 months in a year is derived from the zodiac. Our, right. You know, astrology is really the original calendar. All
0: right. Now, having, talking about the year... Um, can we get a little bit of uh I don't know information about what this year is yeah. going to be yeah. like? What this year um is. Yes, maybe you can uh, uh, bring it from um from what what the monkey intended and brought and what the rooster will will bring and you know so if you could pull it maybe from last yeah. year into this year. So okay. for that one right. and and also we'd like to to do the Indian one as well. So we're doing the Chinese one yeah. first and then the the Indian one
2: before well, well, you know, yeah. yeah the thing is i can 't really tell you exactly what the year of the monkey um, was supposed to do, and and now the the rooster because really the um, while I might have a, a, a general idea i 'm um, not really an expert you know in that particular method. I do know that they 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 speak of the the year of the rooster um, as being a year of uh, you know the rooster wakes us up in the morning. You know it's crowing, calls us to duty. So there's this idea of it being a year of being called to duty and being more dynamic and committed to to the work we have to do. Um, that 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 is, I guess, a bit of the popular popular wisdom that you could probably find elsewhere too. Um, and I don't even know what you know whether or not I can really endorse that. But um, from a, a Western astrological perspective, and this is where the, the, uh, let's say from a, a, the, the Western and Vedic perspective, roughly, mm-hmm. um, th- this coming year, and let's say since the latter part of 2016 already, things are in a way moving a lot more quickly. And, and prior to that, there would have been a, a lot more uh, what I would call murkiness. You know, mm-hmm. things, things were very uncertain and, and much more depressed.
0: And that's why we I had such harsh years. Is,
2: I, it's not a surprise at all that the last twoish years would have been difficult, and many astrologers uh were were, were sort of should we say bracing for that and bracing for it to being a, a time of uh, you know if you think about it it's not oh, yeah, yeah. stars were just chaotic and uncertain mm. you know and it it it's it, so, so so I would describe it as a very heavy uh Energy and and, Mm -hmm. and it would have made it very difficult for people to feel that they know what the way ahead is, um, you know, whether it's personally or on on the larger sort of world stage. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas things are a lot more mobile and dynamic now. um, You know, I, I think some of it is certainly manifesting through all of the the upheaval that uh, uh, Trump is causing, uh, not uh, because I consider what he's doing to be in any way progressive, but it's certainly shaking things up, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it, it seems to, um, you know, be, be an early ma- expression of what was what, described for the rest of this year as a, as, as a time of things really being done in very new ways and, and a lot of innovation, really. Um, uh, it, it can be, I think, therefore, uh, a very positive Year ahead, in, in as much as uh, things move in, in new directions, there's there's a, there's a sort of a greater freedom, more more options. You know, this is a if there's ever been now a good time for you to take steps towards what you want to materialize in your life. You know, um, mm. like innovative projects. So wake up. You know, ways in yeah. which you can, this is a great time for practical action. That that doing things a little differently. And this, this theme of of a, a very sort of practical originality uh, is very strong for the rest of this year.
0: Is it too late to start? Because they say you need to pre- to prepare because, before you can actually even start. Is it too late to to start? Or is this well, kind of um, like the year for people who were prepared and they hit the ground running?
2: Well, look, it would... What I've been describing is is a very broad description uh, of of an overarching energy, uh, and it will manifest in very different ways for different individuals. And it is true, as you say, that um, what you can make of it will depend a lot on how you prepared. But it's going to be probably best for those people who have been itching to get ahead, you know, Mm -hmm. to get ahead. With with very practical projects that, and, and visionary new social um, ideas, you know, uh, new. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of new social ideology, and and even if it's partly as a as a, as a backlash to what Trump is doing, there's a lot of that stirring. You know, it's a, it's a time where um, people want things to be done mm-hmm. in in better ways, whatever the idea about that might be. Uh, I think in South Africa, we're going to have some very interesting um, and I think important stuff happening in, in the latter part of February. Around the 26th of February, there's going to be an eclipse that, that uh, I think will, will have quite an impact. It wouldn't surprise me, you know, there's been talk about Zuma possibly replacing ministers and so on. So it, it, I think that there can be a, a lot of, Change and it might be pretty sudden uh, around the end of this uh, okay. coming month.
0: I'll be looking in, forward. In
2: fact, I, I did write about this on my website a while ago. You know, so, so this is I, I'm actually seeing this as a, a further continuation of a process that's been going on now for about a year and a half, um, starting in, in December 2015. You know, with the when the rand suddenly dropped. Mm-hmm. So I think that there can be significant financial implications for South Africa. Um, at The end of uh, February, uh, probably uh, a bit of a dip, to be to be honest.
1: That's not good news. I thought this was well, going to be a bigger Oh Yeah, to,
2: to, uh, you, know, you know those little dips are not the end of the world at all. They're just moments of reaction to things changing. So, I don't see it as a disaster, but I see it. I see that that we're still working through the sort of last stage of a particular process in South Africa is, is really what I'm, what I'm saying. And, um, you know, whether one thinks it's good or not, it's certainly causing a lot of people uncertainty and doubt. You know, it's not, a, it's not a time of great certainty in South Africa. I actually believe that towards the end of this year and early next year, South Africa will have a lot of improvement
1: From your Uh, lips to God's ears. I really, we need, we need it.
0: (laughs) But I I need to also figure out: is that, is that, is that the crime? Is it our economy? Is that our job situation? Well, which things to that.
2: It it specifically points to uh, possibly the idea of very uh, positive and principled new leadership. It does point to us being more active on the world stage and gaining a lot of, gaining, regaining perhaps some some prestige and, and respect as as a as a principled country. Wouldn't that be lovely? Of, yes, and and there there is that. South Africa has always been very uh, inspiring for people as a, as a, mm. you know for for many reasons and for many good reasons apart from the problems. Um, but there's specifically um, a very let's say, positive light shining in the latter part of this year and early next year in the realm of South Africa's international reputation and, and all of that. So I know no, it might seem like it's like, uh, sort of contrary to the current trends, you know, to, to say that, but it, it, I think that, you know, that sort of thing can easily turn around with the uh, possible, for example, uh, coming into, into power of... of New, more principled leaders uh, That it may or may not be as president But I think we'll have a, a sense That we, we we can respect our leadership A lot more mm-hmm. towards the latter part of this yeah.
1: year uh, Richard, where, how do you see this? Do you take South Africa's date of birth, so to speak? Yes. Or, 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 or how do you work it out?
2: Yes, actually, what I'm saying now is very much based on a chart created for the moment that the new constitution came into effect on the 27th of April 1994. So, um, you know, in, in a sense, the the, the the new South Africa is is a, is a is a being. You know, it's a it's a creature, if you like, mm-hmm. or as, as as a project, should we say, um, and that that particular uh, or, or this new entity is, is coming up for, um, you'll note that it's coming up at, at, in the latter part of this year and early next year, it'll be a multiple of 12 years. Hmm. Right? It'll be the second 12-year 12, 12 cycle because Jupiter, which is the, the, let's call it the good planet, takes 12 years to go around the Zodiac. So we are coming up for our second Jupiter return and that, that Jupiter is located in the realm of leadership our, our, our sort of, let's call it, public status. And for a country, that would be its reputation internationally. So uh, it it is, you know, these things I've been saying about South Africa are indeed based on looking at how the current moving planets mm-hmm. are affecting the birth chart of South Africa.
1: But I find it extremely interesting because the ANC has a leadership conference in December.
2: Uh, that's amazing, yes. Right? <laughs> yes. No, it, it's exactly like that, because um, Nelson Mandela, his moon was in that same place uh, that, that, that connects with, with or describes South Africa's leadership. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm keeping it um, in very broad terms now without getting too technical, but what I find very interesting, and whether or not it happens this way, is that Surora uh, Maposa has in his chart many of the the... the, the we have key planets in exactly the same location that that Nelson Mandela had, which links to South Africa's leadership. And uh, Nelson Mandela actually died when, when Saturn was in that same part of the sky. In other words, the, when, the, when the Grim Reaper planet <laughs> came into our our our, um, uh, our King Zone, you know, our Boss Zone. That's what happened. We lost a, a leader. Is that, but, uh, is that Saturn? Saturn, yes. Yeah.
0: You call him the Grim Reaper. Indeed, <laughs> others call him the disciplinarian. I prefer disciplinarian. Exactly.
2: Well, there's all just different de- um, um, uh, degrees of the same basic uh-huh. energy. Okay. Um, Saturn is the is the most traditionally uh, before Uranus, Neptune, Pluto were discovered. Saturn uh, was the most distant planet and therefore the most slow moving and the most dim. So it's associated with old age and with you know being it's things that are. Saturn's also connected with, with the god chronos and time. Mm. so Saturn's got a lot to do with our mortality and the limits of things, you know. So, discipline is also about the limits, but just it's just a softer word, you could say.
0: Mm. Uh, Liesl,
1: <laughs> you're quiet. You know, we sit here in the studio and take turns and point at each other, and it's, you know, it's a pity you're not here. Richard, um, we don't have a lot of time, but I just want to ask you: in Indian astrology, is there the same idea that we are moving through ages? Because um, we are now—tell me where I'm wrong—firmly in the age of Aquarius. Do they okay. do they do they work on the same system? And what does that mean?
2: All right. Well, actually, that whole business about the ages, okay. Uh, is something that one that makes a lot more sense when you are actually looking at both Western and Vedic Astrology because you remember I said that there's, in Western and Vedic Astrology there's two uh, ways of determining where the zodiac should be located. Mm-hmm. And I said that in, in the West they use the, the sun's position at the solstices and equinoxes uh, to determine that. Uh, where, where the zodiac signs sit and, and, and Vedic astrology uses the stars. Now, basically those ages, that 25,000-year cycle, is all about the way those two different ways of measuring the zodiac intersect. You know, so um, now to, to answer your question, uh, it's not really a Vedic idea as such or a Western idea as such. It actually transcends the, just the, uh, the, the particular school of thought, you know. Um, it is, in fact due to the fact that the, the, the equinox on the 21st of March occurs in the constellation of Pisces, and that's moving into Aquarius, that's what that is based on. Um, so in a way, it is the ascendant of the world, you know, the, that, that, that sign, Pisces going on Aries. Now, different people have different ideas about when that starts. As I see it, it might be another two, 300 years, and it, it has been said that it's also a gradual process. So, um, it's not really possible to, to say that the age of Aquarius began on such and such a date. The, the, the general consensus is that we're, we're in this process of moving from the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius. Um, that's quite a, quite a big uh, subject, but, uh, you know, the sign Aquarius is very much associated with, with, with technology, for example, and science. And... Uh, many people would, would view the, the shifting of the world's um, Sort of paradigm, you know uh, Into a more scientific type of perspective as one of the signs of the age of Aquarius coming about and you know the 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 the, the, the way uh, communications is so, so central to our our lives today is arguably also very much a result of Aquarius You know the symbol for Aquarius is these two wavy lines and Aquarius represents the, the veins in the body. Wow. You know, um, so Aquarius is very much about the dissemination of information among the populace.
0: So it's all very technical. Um, to it's a little. <laughs> but what I want to know is, in this day and age, even if you don't understand what it's all about How can one apply it to one's life In, you know, different areas Yeah, what's the what use of astrology? Yeah, for, for me, especially sure. today Because there's lots of things going on that you could use
2: Yes, absolutely Um Okay, probably the first thing to realize is that there's astrology and there's astrology and there's astrology. You know, because uh, like newspaper magazines magazine... We don't talk...
0: We mentioned that in the beginning. No, we're not talking about that. That is a lie. That is a yeah.
2: lie. <laughs> but, right. And then even, even beyond that, there's, uh, there's, there's even uh, different uh, methodologies and also different individual practitioners who can be very, very different in their level of skill and experience and ability to use it well. So, so I, would, I would say that astrology isn't necessarily going to be great for you just because it's astrology, but it's the same way that medicine isn't always good for you just because it's medicine. Um, you have to use it well. You have to know what you need. You have to find the right uh, expression of it and the right practitioner, perhaps. Uh, I think one of the best things one can do uh, to really benefit from it very deeply um, is, is to learn how it works yourself because, you know, there's a lot of things that, 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 that one would otherwise be confused about, not really understand and maybe easily misinterpret otherwise. If you learn to, to just simply do what you call calculating your own transits, which is when you look at where the planets are now in relation to where they were when you were born and you watch your own life cycles, that can really profoundly, um, enlighten you I want to say you know, mm-hmm. not because it's going to help you uh, avoid your problems or, or make you rich or anything like this but it's going to help you to understand your own cycles, your own personality and uh, mm-hmm. there's lots of things about life you'll understand a lot better and that's very valuable
1: yeah and with with something like your Saturn returning you know, you, as Shemaine said your disciplinarian right. returning being forewarned is being forearmed then and also, it helps you yeah. to make sense well, what of what is do, happening.
2: Uh, yeah. Right, absolutely. I have to tell you, know, you. Making sense of what's happening is very important.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, have to, yeah. I have to tell you, for me to get into astrology now would be too difficult. I always had a problem with math. But, <laughs> 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 but what I, what, but I, I, I get the gist of what you're saying because I sometimes read my cards and, you know, and it's, it, it, it does the same kind of. It gives that same kind of sense sure. of direction where you go. Oh, okay, um, you know, it's not a scary thing. So, and it sometimes grounds you. Well, does me anyway. Absolutely,
2: it, it, it's, a, it's a little bit like. Um so it's a type of X-ray, you could say, that you can can help you see some of the hidden layers of what's going on in your life. And you know, even even though I, I my conscious mind has been skeptical about, you know, tarot cards, I actually do find that very often they do work very well. And people who've had readings done that way often get the very similar information at the same time. You know, and I, I believe there are different ways one one can one can access that kind of insight. And I think that astrology has its own. Um, advantages as a tool for that, um, but it, it certainly isn't that dissimilar to, what, to the cards, uh, for example, um, or other forms of divination. You know, Senghor must throw the bones and essentially <laughs> you are doing the same thing. It's, it's, it's a similarly um, you know, type of x-ray they're looking at to, to see how the energies are Configured for you at that particular time. Right. And you know, we, we, we often can really benefit from that objectivity because sometimes we can be very wrapped up in a, in a problem and not see all the different elements in it in, in perspective.
1: Right. Richard Fidlow, we are out of time. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your wisdom with us from Elise Tom. Uh, take pleasure. care.
0: Thank you, Richard. Thank you. And from me, okay, Shimane. <laughs> Alrighty. And from me, Shemaine. Also kebab. Thanks, Palisa. Cliffcentral.com.